0: We're talking about change tonight, change in the world and change within yourself. It is January, a month often looked upon as one of renewal, of leaving old behaviours behind and stepping up to face new challenges and growth, a time of hope. And uh, joining me down the line from the UK is Mark Pritchard. How are you, Mark?
1: Hello, Dave. I'm fine,
0: thanks. Lovely of you to join us. Just uh, for the uh, benefit of those listening who are unfamiliar with your work, you are an independent spiritual teacher... And, right. and author who writes under the name Belsabub. Yes, yeah, that's right. And I think if anybody was an individual who was uh, highly qualified to speak about change, I think it would be your good self, having written numerous books on the subject, and uh, having taught meditation and self-discovery classes throughout the world. Uh, I thought it might be useful to begin with a look at humanity as a whole. Mark, would it be fair to say that humanity is blown off course?
1: Yes. It seems to have blown right off course, and the course it's heading in looks pretty destructive, really. I'm sure we're all aware of the many problems that we're facing with the mass starvation, the depletion of the Earth's resources, uh, nuclear power, nuclear waste, nuclear bombs, um, making the place really dangerous. There are so many problems that we're now facing, and we tend to not really have the means to be able to deal with them. They seem to be escalating out of control, as though they've got their own course. And uh, as individuals, we seem to be pretty stuck on what we can do.
0: It seems that um, every time we turn on the news or read a newspaper, we we see a lot of suffering. Um, Individuals are suffering, entire nations are suffering, and, and nature itself, the planet, is suffering. Do you have any comment on why this is?
1: Well, if we look at the cause of it, all right, we can see that there are different political problems, different technical problems even, that we can see and pinpoint, things that we can change like that. But I think that the root of it all is what we are as a people. If we were different if we were more peaceful, loving, kind, how different the world would be. But the world is a reflection of what we are inside. And when we look at all this that's going on, well, what does it really say about us? Because it's not just saying something about the state of the planet. It's saying something about the state of us as a humanity that has created that. So I think that the fundamental thing here, the fundamental issue, is not just about what we're doing to the planet, but what it is about us which is causing it.
0: Um, it, it is quite alarming because I guess we were born into this world as children and told everything is fair and everything works out. And, and then as you grow up, you realize that there is a lot of injustice and unfairness and that the powers that want to oppress and poison seem more powerful than the powers that want to preserve and nurture.
1: Yes, unfortunately, that does seem to be the case. I mean, there are billions of people living on the poverty line, billions. And where's the justice for all of those? Where's the, the share of this great um, technological revolution? Where's the share of the wealth? We're constantly depleting the world's resources, and they can't be renewed just like that. So we're heading down this route, and more and more people are being marginalized. More and more people are feeling on the edge of this. They're looking at all these, these goods that, that uh, are in the shops, and they can't afford them in many countries. And constantly this thing goes on, this, this cycle of destruction. And it's as though we're almost blind to it, like we shut off the outside world and we just concentrate on our own lives. We get on with buying the latest TV, the best car, and, and all the rest of the stuff. And then we forget about the rest of the world. We feel powerless to do anything about it. But I think that the catalyst for the change has to come from the individual. Because if it doesn't then we're always trying to patch things up we're always going to try and look for a political solution over here or a technical solution over there and we won't get to the root of it and we'll just keep repeating the same things over and over again we'll repeat the same mistakes we'll always carry on being greedy we'll always carry on destroying the environment because we we want those goods we want the things that we can get out of it and the mess is left for other people to clear up and and for other people to suffer in.
0: There is a a rather marvellous website called the Miniature Earth Project and uh, it takes the population of the entire planet, which uh, at the moment uh, is uh, nearing 7 billion, it's about 6.8 billion, and it Mm -hmm. shrinks it to the size of 100 people, but it keeps all of the proportions intact and so we end up with statistics such as 50 of the people in this village are male and 50 are female, and unfortunately, that's where the balance ends. I'll not go into details. I'm sure people can look it up if they wish, but uh, one of the most interesting statistics is that half the world exists on less than $2 a day, and six of the 100 people own 59% of the wealth of the entire community. And uh, even more shockingly, 47 of the people live without basic sanitation. It... um, It seems that these are imbalances that can be rectified, but are not. Can you shed any light on why this is the case?
1: Because we're divided into countries, and we tend to look at the problem from our own country's point of view. And if we're in a country which is in dire poverty, we are kind of trapped in that. We have very little say, very little voice, very little means to do anything. If we're in a country which has an abundance of, well, wealth, then we tend to forget about the rest of it, the rest of the world, that is, and we just try and get the best out of what we can do with our lives in terms of material wealth and pursuing our own drives, our own desires to acquire more, thinking that that's going to make us happier. But I mean, statistically, we don't get happier after our basic needs are met by having an increased level of goods. Statistically, our level of happiness stays pretty much the same. But what we're doing is creating not only misery for other people, but tragedy for other people as well. And those people have very little voice, very little say. And then we go on and on with this cycle. Like we shut out the world. But at the same time, it's like we feel powerless to do anything about it. Because, well, we can't, we can't make the world change just like that. And I think this is a big problem that we're facing.
0: I read uh, another statistic that said that 1.12 trillion annually is spent on military spending. And that's versus 100 billion on development aid. And obviously $100 billion is still a lot of money, but uh, it would be, it'd be nice, I think it would be nice anyway, to live in a world where we spend more on helping each other than on hurting each other.
1: Yeah, that's right. If we were to take like an outsider's view of this planet, if we were to suddenly be out there in space and we'd come across this planet and we were looking down upon it, and we could, through some sort of technology, see what was going on in the planet... What would our impressions be? What do you think our, our thoughts would be about it? You know, great place? I don't, I don't think so. I think we'd think, this is crazy. What sort of beings are doing that to the, their planet? And yet, we are harming ourselves so badly, harming our planet so much, and we can't seem to do anything about it. And I think that one of the biggest problems we face is that we don't really know humanity, we don't know how to change. We don't know what to do to change. Because if we just try and create a sort of a positive thinking, we'll stay deep down pretty much the same. The same desires, the same greed, which is the root of all of this, will continue. So we need to have the means to be able to change, and I think that this is lacking. And I think it's very important that we look into how people can actually change, because that's the key to this. If people know how to change and they want to do it, then they're able to do it. We're able to start being less greedy, less aggressive, less violent. We're able then to have qualities which come out of us like being more peaceful, loving, caring. We want to help others then. And I think it's this change in the consciousness of humanity which is needed. If we don't do this, history shows us that we will continue to repeat the same mistakes over and over again. What we're seeing now is just the same kind of things repeating from ancient times. Except now we have a greater technology at our disposal. We inherit the technology of the previous generation, but we don't inherit the wisdom. We have to acquire wisdom for ourselves, or we stay with whatever wisdom we have. We don't inherit the wisdom of previous generations, and therefore we don't have the wisdom to deal with atomic weapons, to deal with the things that we can do technologically to this world and to other people. So as a humanity, we need to acquire the wisdom to be able to handle the technology that we have. If we don't do this, we'll just end up further down that track of, of destruction and famine and wars and all the rest of it. Because the root of the problem is within us as human beings.
0: It seems as though um, we've been on this uh trajectory, um, this misdirection if you will for well, since before any of us was born um, was the returning point in history where where this started to take effect or was it a gradual thing?
1: It's been a gradual thing because our capacity to destroy ourselves has been limited in the past to the technology that we've had Uh, I'm sure we've tried many times in history to wipe each other out but we just didn't have the means to do it. As uh, technology has improved, then our um, level to pollute and to kill and so on has increased. And so we can see the results much more now. But it's always been there in the past. Slavery used to exist throughout the world. Wars used to exist. Famines existed even. Societies were starved out by the societies. We have this track record of appalling behaviour. But m- since the, the growth of technology, the harm that we can cause is far greater than we could ever do in the past. And this is why we're seeing these huge repercussions now.
0: Uh, I mentioned earlier that January is uh, traditionally a time when people have a lot of desire to change but this is reflected mainly in increased gym memberships. Uh, People rarely focus on internal improvements. Um, How can an individual recognize the need for change and go about affecting change in their lives?
1: Well, if we take a look at our level of happiness, we can always want more. And we can feel things inside of us that make us unhappy. And... Feeling these things, we could say that we want to change. Uh, The problem then is how to change. So we can try and change things in our lives, which is good. You know, we can go to the gym and get fitter. But we don't fundamentally change ourselves. So then what do we do? Um, We can have a look at conventional psychology, which a lot of people turn to when they want to find some sort of a change. But we find that in that, a lot of drugs are getting prescribed, and people are not really getting (laughs) fundamental answers, and this really is because conventional psychology tackles the study of ourselves in a way that studies external things about us. So it studies how we behave, it studies accounts of people, but it doesn't study What a person feels and goes through that's an internal study that's something we do ourselves for example if you want to know what anger is like if you want to know what it's like to feel depressed don't go and ask someone else you spot or you notice when these things happen inside so that's the kind of psychology I'm really getting at as the means to really change because if we can study ourselves, then we learn about ourselves. We get knowledge about ourselves. And with that knowledge, we can change. If we can't see what's going on inside, then we can't really change it. It's like sticking a, just a Band-Aid on something inside that's rotten. If we can look inside, we've got the capacity to change ourselves. So I think that this is really, really fundamental for anyone who wants to change, to do.
0: When an individual changes, um, I was wondering if perhaps you could uh, share with us what sort of experiences they can look forward to.
1: All right, some people get really depressed and some will say there's no real cure for that. Take a pill. That's not the case. In most, uh, for most people, they can tackle it, it's just they don't know how to, don't have the information to do it. Uh, in other cases, people might just want to feel peaceful. And, well, where does this peace come from? You can't just bring it up out of thin air. It's, it has its cause within us. And if we can look at the causes, then we can understand how it works and we can get to it so we can get to those states which are really positive within us as humanity love peace feelings of true happiness and we can get rid of the things within us which we don't want i mean who really wants to feel negative depressed worried stressed out really we don't want to be in those states we would much rather, most people would much rather feel peace than feel those horrible feelings and sensations inside. So if we have this desire to change, this wish to change, then we need to have the right techniques to be able to do it. So that's, that's what I'm offering people.
0: I guess the to an extent the modern world has conditioned um, us to be impatient and to demand results and proof very quickly. Um, and I'm just I'm just projecting now into the the minds of perhaps people who might be listening at the moment to this show right now, listening to you, to you speaking. Is there anything that you could share with them? Uh, perhaps a technique or or an exercise that they can do to experience uh, perhaps benefits, uh, over, over a short period of time.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll take a simple exercise like being aware of the present moment. Now we could be in the present moment because in it, we can get out of negative states temporarily. So to try this, what do you do is you just look around, you relax and you be aware of what's happening around you. Be aware of what's happening, what information you're getting from your five senses. Just look around, be aware, right? Our reality is in the here and now. If you do that, you can get like a sort of a clearing for a moment. But what happens then is that you start to notice thoughts and feelings coming back. If you want to really get into these and change them, then you direct your awareness inside, so that you see what's happening, you get to those feelings. So if, for example, you're feeling uh, worried about something, if you look inside, usually somewhere around your stomach, you'll f- feel the sensation. If you're starting to erupt with anger, if you look inside, you begin to feel it. And the more that you look inside during the day, the more you'll see the causes for these states And as you see them, then you'll be able to reduce them. Every state that we have feeds on our energy. So the more we get angry, the stronger its grip is over us. The more worried we get, the stronger its grip, the more depressed, the more we sink into those states. By coming out of them in the present moment, by being here simply aware, then we cut that flow of energy to that negative state and we start to feel aware and the part of us which is aware is really interesting because it's not a thought that's aware it's not an emotional that's aware so what is it? and if, if we really try this we'll see that it's us it's consciousness it's what we really are and here we then get into this exploration of consciousness and that's you know that's pretty deep that goes a long way because science cannot explain what consciousness really is but we know we are here we are aware and so a simple ex- exercise is to be aware of the present moment just if you're sitting down just sit and watch look come back to the present moment out of the thoughts out of the daydream The second exercise is to watch that daydream. Watch the thoughts. Watch the emotions. And throughout the day, watch any emotions that you have. Any feelings of negativity, stress, anxiety, worries, depression, anything. And try coming back with that simple exercise of awareness to the present moment if you do that then you begin to look into the nature of your psychology but this is only a start this is just a a starting point there's more advanced techniques then to look further and you'll find that the more you look the more you'll see and you'll start to see the causes of all of these states inside and then you'll learn how to deal with them how to overcome them, how to live here aware and more intelligent because if we're alert, if we're free of these negative states, then we're freer to decide things intelligently and to make intelligent actions in our lives. If we are bound by these states, then they determine the things that we do in our lives. We'll be driven to go to certain places, meet certain people, do certain things, according to what's within us. But if we change what's within us, if we get more alert, more aware, more keen, then we'll be changing the things that we do. We'll be acting in a much more capable way. And if we do that across the board, then as a humanity, we're going to be raising our level And we're going to be more able to deal with these tremendous challenges that we face as a world and as a humanity. It all starts within the individual, getting in there and seeing what makes us function and tick.
0: You were talking about um, the awareness exercise of simply being aware and present in the present moment. And... um, I have to say that it, it sounds so simple. It, it sounds like a really simple thing for people to do. There's possibly a lot of people out there who are thinking oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm aware all the time. I walk around like that non-stop and, and I think once you investigate it, you you begin to understand that, that it's something we, we slip in and out of all day long and we're not really uh, in possession of, of, of full awareness.
1: Yes, that's right. If we try to be aware then we'll notice that it soon fades away and what's happening is that we're thinking about different things but that's not the same as being aware we can be in a daydream and think that we are aware but it's not being here and the problem is that that daydream turns into different inner states which we could really wish that we could do without so to get out of these negative states then uh, awareness is is the key because in awareness we are separating ourselves from that negative state and we can being separated we can look at it we can observe it and we may think that we are aware during the day but if we try these exercises we'll see that we're actually not that we're spending our time really in a kind of a semi daydream sort of half here And half in our thoughts and in our mind and in our uh, fantasies and the rest of it. So we're not really here, just partially. And then all of these different drives and desires and feelings come up. And they control us and they manipulate us from our subconscious. And our subconscious is really telling us what to do although we don't realize it. If we can look inside, then we can see those drives of the subconscious and we can choose not to go along with them. So instead of um, doing something which is destructive or counterproductive to ourselves, we can suddenly become aware, see that drive and not go along with it and do something productive instead, something that helps us, Helps others, or it's just a happier thing to do. But if we don't see the subconscious, then it controls us and it sort of manipulates us behind the scenes. And we think that we're free, but we're not really. It's pulling us in its own direction.
0: We, uh, we have a question here, which is, uh, Hi, Mark. I just tried the exercise and it was great, but I've tried before and always slipped back. How can I prolong the peace and make it stronger?
1: It's a matter of practice. When we try something at first, we, we haven't exercised ourselves in it. We haven't practiced it. The more that we practice it, the stronger that it becomes. And then as you go along, then you need more advanced techniques and uh, to be able to train yourself in it as well. It's like someone who takes up sports for the first time. They're not going to be that good at it. They're not going to be able to run very well, whatever they're doing. But if we practice, then we get better at it. And it's exactly the same with this. The more that we practice, the better we get at it. Remembering to do it is another thing, though, so we have to constantly try to remember to do it.
0: Another question reads, Hi Mark, I've been struggling to work out is truth relative or absolute?
1: <laughs> That's a really abstract question. Um, it, it is 2am. <laughs> it's 2am.
0: We, we do get some abstract texts.
1: It depends what's meant by truth. You could take it in either direction. So neither thing would be the the right and both would be right. So truth is just too too advanced to really too far to put into a simple question or answer like that. It's too all encompassing. We know truth in little bits. We know truth within the moment. We can see things within the moment. But to really sum it up like that is too much. We learn about truth. We see truth, we experience truth. The problem is that we live in a kind of a fantasy world of our own subconscious. To see the truth, we have to be in the here and now. And then we kind of open the doors to the the bigger picture, locked in our own little world. We don't really see the bigger picture. We just live in our own little lives, like we're programmed by nature to do so. The the subconscious things we've got are essentially the same as the animals. So in that animalistic state, our capacity to experience truth, the here and now, is really limited. Whereas if we're in the here and now, if we're aware, then suddenly the present moment opens up before us, and in the present moment there's truth. And we perceive it and we begin to learn about it.
0: Mark, we're almost out of time. Would you perhaps have time for one more? Yes, I would. Thank you. Um, it's uh, one would suggest that uh, people who experience a yearning to change would experience a very large challenge in that there is a massive self-help industry out there, and so people genuinely wanting to change themselves and improve could be um, could be faced with this this huge selection of material to choose from, most of which is set up to make money and and also misleading. Would you have any advice for people who are uh, wanting to avoid these pitfalls and being misled?
1: Yeah, these techniques are actually very ancient, the ones that I've been given. They're found in religions going back um, centuries, thousands of years. Today though, there's lots of things out there. And look, if someone's charging money, then you can be sure that really they're after money. So. Well, I mean, some people um, have good intentions and charge money, so I couldn't really generalize too much, but if people are making money out of this, they're not going for that genuine uh, concern of wanting to help others. So... If someone wants to find out whether something is true or not, they have to try it. They have to practice it. So if you want to know whether awareness works, if you want to know whether self-observation works, you need to practice it. You need to to do it. It's not like something you can just read about it, agree with it, and therefore you know it. It's not like that with self-knowledge. To be able to see through the various... um, things that are out there and to discriminate and to find out what actually works, you have to actually do something, you have to practice it. And in that way, by doing it, then you learn about it, and then you see what actually works and what doesn't.
0: Mark, one one very interesting last question has just popped up. Would you like me to share it with you? Yes, please. Thank you. It says, what if... be." It simply says, what if by being aware, you are just aware of being miserable? What else can we do to give ourselves a lift?
1: That's taking the awareness without the self-knowledge. By looking inside, we get to understand where that misery is coming from. And we get to understand what it takes to come out of it. When we have the knowledge, then we can deal with the misery if we're simply trying to be aware without understanding the misery and these other states if the question is actually right, we'll just be aware and we'll be aware of our misery. that's why we need to look inside to see what's going on in the subconscious. By doing that we'll see the root causes of the misery. And then we'll be able to tackle it and deal with it and that's an important really vital thing for us because if we can do that we can change ourselves and we can change what we do in the world and then we change what we do to the world so it has far-reaching repercussions It's, it's a really really important thing for us to do and it has such a big impact on our lives. Even though the the way that we live it, the kind of people we meet, everything has such a huge impact upon it.
0: Mark, thank you very, very much for your time tonight. It's been magnificent having you on the show.
1: Well, thank you very much, Dave, and thanks to everyone there for having me.
0: And uh, for further information, please feel free to look up Mark's personal website, which is www.belsabub.com. Or uh, another one I uh, I find very useful uh, www.gnosticweb.com